Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Everything and Nothing podcast, the podcast where we talk about a little bit of everything and a whole lot of nothing. I'm your podcast host, Jamie Early. As we begin season two, lace up your hockey skates because that is what we're going to be talking about in this two-part episode on hockey. Everybody, welcome back to the Everything and Nothing podcast. I'm your podcast host, Jamie Early. This is episode one of season two of the Everything and Nothing podcast, and this will be a two-part episode because there is a lot of ground to cover. Over the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about hockey, not just about the sport of hockey, but specifically about how hockey has uh, become part of my life and how it really has as um, played and still plays a very vital role in my life, and I'm not trying to hockey up on this pedestal uh, by any means, but that's what we're going to be doing. So there's a lot of ground to cover over these next two weeks. Uh, Let me apologize in advance if this episode or the episode next week seems to be a little uh, random and kind of uh, jumping around a little bit. There is so much, um, there is so much, uh, I hate to use the word material, but there is so much stuff and how hockey has uh, played such a crucial role in my life that uh, I may I may ramble um, quite a bit with this episode, but I'm gonna do my best to keep us uh, keep us in line and succinct with what's going on. So, if you've been with me since um, since um, my first episode a few weeks ago, uh, you know I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, and then I lived. Um, the other places I've lived, the majority of my life, uh, was more Oklahoma, so that's South Central Oklahoma City, South of Oklahoma City. Lived in Birmingham, Alabama, and lived the largest portion of my life in Gadsden, Alabama. Lived in Claremore, Oklahoma, Northeast Oklahoma, just outside of just outside of Tulsa, and now reside in North Central Alabama, um, to the west of Huntsville. And so, in all those places, specifically, specifically Birmingham, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia, and even Oklahoma City, for that matter, in the early to mid-80s, and even the, the late 80s and first couple of years into the 90s, were not a hotbed for hockey uh, by any means. By the time I was born in 81, the Flames had already left Atlanta and moved to Calgary, when I moved to Oklahoma City, there was not a hockey team. Uh, when I lived in Oklahoma, at my age, there was not a hockey team. When I moved back to Alabama and we lived in Birmingham, there was not a hockey team at the time we moved back. Birmingham gained a hockey team um, once we moved back. Um, but as far as the places I've lived the majority of the time, um, there hasn't been really the exposure to hockey that you would expect someone who likes hockey as much as I do um, to be to be from, and obviously as my <laughs> um, maybe this is the wrong word, but as my obsession grew, um, a lot uh, that that really grew uh, while I was living in Gadsden, and there's not a lot of ice in Gadsden, Alabama. As a matter of fact, the nearest sheet of ice from where I was was either two hours to the north or an hour and a half to the south. And so it wasn't exactly the most convenient thing to get to a sheet of ice. And so you lay those foundations, 
you know, being born in the Deep South, um, moving to the Midwest uh, in the early, um, in the mid-80s. Um, you know, even, even when, we, when we moved to Oklahoma and, and lived in Oklahoma, there wasn't a hockey team in Dallas, Texas. And so you would think um, and may ask the question, well, how in the world did you not only come to discover hockey, but come to like it so much? And so that's kind of where my story begins. Um, I, like I said, born in Atlanta, Georgia. We lived in Oklahoma for three and a half years, four years, I think. Um, during that time of living in Oklahoma, my love of sport really um, kind of began to solidify itself. But it solidified itself with um, it solidified itself with a baseball team. Uh, me and my mom and my dad had season tickets to to um, the, o- the Oklahoma City 89ers. That was the minor league baseball team that played in Oklahoma City. And um, you can ask my wife, you can ask my mom, you can ask my kids um, that I have this, it, it's, it's, um, it's just a very strange, and strange is really not the right word, but it's a very unique connection that I have to Oklahoma City and sports teams in Oklahoma City. Um, I just, I love Oklahoma City. Uh, it, is, um, it is in the top three of my favorite cities in the entire world. Um, just love Oklahoma City. And so I fell in love with the 89ers. And, you know, we were watching 89ers baseball. We had season tickets, you know, three or four rows behind home plate. We would go all the time eating ice cream out of a, um, eating ice cream out of a baseball helmet, um, out of a baseball helmet bowl. I mean, it was just, it was great times. I loved that team. I loved that logo. Um, to this day, still love that logo. They wore pillbox hats when they played. And so that was where I really kind of began my connection with, with, with sports. I was playing baseball. I started playing baseball in Oklahoma and then came to Birmingham, uh, moved to Birmingham for two years and was playing baseball in Birmingham. And, uh, and it was after our move from Birmingham um, to Gadsden, Alabama, that in 93, 1993, so that would have been the summer before my uh, fourth grade year, we went to visit my grandmother and my granddad in Oklahoma. They were living in Midwest City area at the time. And um, I can't remember if it was like wintertime, like before Christmas, or if it was wintertime, like January, February. Uh, but all I remember is we went downtown Oklahoma City to a place called the Myriad, which um, is currently known as the Cox Convention Center. That's where, um, you know, that was the, the Civic Center, the, the entertainment um, center before uh, the Chesapeake Energy Arena was built. Uh, I remember wearing this big puff jacket uh, that had Dunlop on it. It was red, black, red, uh, red and white, black Dunlop um, puff jacket. My dad sells wheels, and so that's what it was. And, and we went in to the Myriad, to this packed house in the Myriad, 11,000 people. I mean, shoulder to shoulder in there from the top of the rafters all the way down to the ice because we were at a hockey game. It was the first hockey game I'd ever been to in my life. It was the Oklahoma City Blazers. 
And that began something in me. Uh, it really, it really kind of, um, I mean, it really changed um, the trajectory of, um, of things I thought about with sports. Um, it was just, I mean, it, it changed something for me. Uh, what was really weird, what happened at that game, um, a couple of unique things went on at that game. Uh, the first one, like I said, was it was packed. It was packed. There was not an empty seat in that place. Um, knowing now what, 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 I, what, I, what I know now, looking back, um, Oklahoma City took to the Blazers, um, just incredibly embraced them. Um, it was a return of professional sports to Oklahoma City, and um, and and so they were a huge draw. The Blazers were a huge draw. Um, it was the first year in a reestablished Central Hockey League, and there were six teams, six teams in the league, and the Blazers were uh, in that in that first year. They were the best regular season team. Actually, they actually won what's called the Adams Cup, which was like with like what the President's Cup is, the President's Trophy is now for NHL team, the team with the best regular season record. They did not win the championship that year. They actually got beat by in-state rival Tulsa, um, which um, we can talk about that at a later time. But So that's one thing I remember. They were shoulder to shoulder in there, and I felt really weird. It felt really uncomfortable. And I've been to big sporting events before. I've been to a Braves game before. I've been to uh, Auburn Tiger football games. I've been to... OU football games. I had been in places where there were large crowds, but but at that time Auburn football wasn't doing as well. Um, you know that was '93, so that was be the beginning of the attitude um, Auburn attitude era with Terry Bowden and all that. And so, um, so usually there was a seat or two beside you or in front of you, whatever. But here, I mean, they were shoulder to shoulder. I mean, it was packed in there. So that was one unique thing. I felt really strange. I'm like, there's so many people. So many people here. Uh, second thing that happened is um, there was a huge brawl on the ice. Um, I, I mean, my, it's strange what I can remember about this game, but there was a huge brawl on the ice. And at that at this time, 1993, you know, I'm still watching professional wrestling, um, but but the people that that I am fans of, Hulk Hogan. Um, Jake the Snake Roberts, Brett the Hitman Hart, uh, uh, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, Macho Man Randy Savage. So I'm watching all these older wrestlers, and so wrestling was in our in our house, and so they're fighting on the ice, and my mom uh, is just she's just chuckling next to us and thinking like says, "Look at these guys pretending to fight on the ice." Um, you know, it was so strange. She thought that it was like wrestling, that they were like, you know, it was choreographed moves and, and they were on the ice and like had choreographed this fight. And so um, we still get a, we still get kind of a, a chuckle out of that even today, looking back going, you know, I can't believe we thought that, you know, that that fight was fake and all that stuff. And then the third thing I remember happening um, uh, at that game is a, is a few minutes after um, that fight on the ice, about 10 or 12 rows up behind us, there was a fight in the stands. Um, a couple, three or four guys got into a fist fight um, in the stands. And so, you know, I think the wiser part of, of discretion, my dad made the decision to remove me and my, and my mom um, from the venue 
uh, because people were starting to fight um, at the game. But, um, and, and we left. I don't know who won that game. Um, I, I, I still have the program, the program I bought at the game from 1993. I don't know who won the game. Um, but that began something. Uh, that began something in me. Uh, the announcer, who was the PA announcer at the games, his name was Ben Buckland. And he had a very unique um, way that he uh, not only announced players, but announced the start of the game and called goals. He had a very specific uh, vocal call that he made over the PA system when the Blazers scored. And so those are some of the things I carried with me. And so when we returned home from that vacation, I remember getting a, uh, a trifold display board, you know, kind of like you, you, you get with science fair projects and um, setting that up in my driveway and taking a popcorn tin that you get at Christmas, you know, that has the three flavors, the cherry, the cheddar, I mean, the, excuse me, not the cherry, the plain, the cheddar, and the caramel corn. And, and remember setting that, setting that popcorn bucket up in front of the trifold display board, and that was my hockey goal. And so using a tennis ball and a, I mean, just the crappiest, um, if you want to call it hockey stick that you can imagine, I started going out in the driveway in my the behind my house and playing hockey. Um, that's that's kind of where it started. No skates, just out on my on on my shoes and and um, we had a little downstairs area in my house and so I would recreate to the best of my memory. I would recreate um, Ben Buckland's announcement of of how the Blazers used to come out and and would would come out and pretend I was on the Blazers and. And um, and then come out and 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 score and you know would 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 recreate the the you know vocal announcement that Ben used you know when 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 the Blazers would score and so that that kind of really began this this life what has be, what became or, or, or I don't want to say became because it is what is currently um, has has become a, a love of mine um, now it could be very easily I could easily. I put it in the category of obsession, uh, and I've been trying to be very careful with that. I've, I've been very, very thankful to the Lord for for being gracious to me. Um, he he wired me to like hockey, and he's been very gracious to allow me to to love it and grow in in knowledge and enjoyment of it. And I just I just have to be really careful not to that that doesn't become a god. So he's been very. He's been very gracious as far as that is concerned. And so that's what I began doing in 1993 and, and did that through, you know, 93, 94, playing kind of in the backyard of my house. And then, um, and then I remember getting some really just crappy rollerblades um, and a, a cheap hockey helmet um, that we, we bought at, um, I don't even know where we bought it. I can't, I can't remember where we bought it. Um, I remember the first real hockey helmet I got, like my first real hockey helmet, a CCM, um, I bought at Academy in Edmond, Oklahoma. But um, but I had a cheap old hockey helmet and and you know, a, a hockey stick weighed about fifty pounds, just a big old thing of wood. And so I would so I, I, in in those next couple of years, I would go out in the front of my driveway or excuse me, the front of my house, out into the road, and we had a telephone pole right in the corner of our property. And so I would take a puck and literally I dented that telephone pole um you know I, I got where I could hit it I was pretty accurate um you know <laughs> to, to be able to shoot 
and, and hit that, that telephone pole. And so that, that, that began, that started the process of how hockey has played such a key role in my life. And so that, 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 that worked its way up to about 1996. Uh, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry, not 1996. About, and, um, about 1993. Um, I'm going through that. 93, 94. Um, uh, so uh, 94, 95. Um, in 1994, 95. I, I'm sorry. I'm a little off on my dates. Um, um, 94, 95. I'm sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Um, I started high school in 1996, and so uh, in that time when I started. Um, uh, in middle school, which would have been '93, so the year I actually the year I went to watch hockey. I'm sorry, I, I, my my dates are are off, but the year I went to watch hockey, um, came back and some of the guys that I, I knew in my middle school were playing roller hockey, and they were playing in the parking lot of this church, which which actually ironically wound up being mine and Laura's home church there in Gadsden. But we played in the parking lot of the church and and um, and just. Every Sunday afternoon, out playing roller hockey, and I remember during that time I had, um, I was uh, subscribing to this hockey magazine. Just it wasn't a, like a full scale magazine; it was like a quarter scale, all paperback, no color pictures. But read that thing cover to cover. I think it came once a month or once every two weeks or something like that. And started collecting, um, and when I say collecting, I use this term very loosely. Started collecting hockey cards. Hockey starting lineup figures. If you, if y'all know what starting lineup figures are, hockey pennants that hung in my room. Um, hockey video games. I remember the first hockey video game I can recall that I still own to this day is it's called Stanley Cup. It was released on the Super Nintendo. Um, you know, collecting, um, getting hats. I remember my favorite team at the time was the St. Louis Blues and Brett Hull, who was is my all-time favorite NHL player, played for the Blues. And so I remember going to Boaz, Alabama, and finding this St. Louis Blues hat, like in this factory store somewhere. And I was like this factory outlet store. And I was like, oh, my goodness, a St. Louis Blues hat in Boaz, Alabama. And so that, that kind of began the process of me just uh, falling in love with the game. Now, now, granted, so I went to see the Blazers in 93. Um, I really didn't have any exposure to hockey prior to that point. Um, and when I came back, it started to slowly snowball. I, I didn't immediately turn on and be like, I'm going to start watching hockey and I'm not going to miss it. Uh, I remember watching the 1995 All-Star Game, I think. I think it was 95 All-Star Game, which was broadcast from New York. I remember sitting in my parents' uh, uh, on my parents' bed watching the All-Star Skills Competition. Uh, but I didn't really watch hockey a lot uh, in high school, um, per se. You know, we went to... Uh, went to some Birmingham Bulls games. Uh, I mean, some friends of mine drove to Birmingham and watched the Bulls play every once in a while. Um, that wasn't a that wasn't a regular thing, but we would go watch the Bulls. Um, I was still keeping up with the Oklahoma City Blazers. Um, the league that they played in, the Central Hockey League, had expanded, and one of the teams that came in in the expansion was from Huntsville. And so, me and my mom, or me and my dad, would go to Huntsville. I think I saw the Blazers four or five or, or six times in Huntsville. Saw them two other or three other times in Oklahoma City. Um, just and you know, so I would go watch hockey. Um, I, I didn't really. Still, it was. It was. You can kind of listen to that and think, man, you were you were really getting obsessed at that point. And and that's that's really not accurate. 
Um, I really wasn't just this full scale, I'm in it to win it with everything uh, at this point. Uh, I remember my parents during my high school years, I received uh, my first three hockey jerseys. Um, I got a St. Louis Blues road jersey, a blue jersey. Uh, I got a Chicago Blackhawks, a red Blackhawks jersey, and I got a Colorado Avalanche jersey. Now, I remember the Colorado Avalanche jersey I got for Christmas in 1997, um, Christmas of 97, because the spring of 98, we went to Disney World. My, the, our marching band at the high school went to Disney World in March, and I actually wore that jersey. I took it with me. Um, to Disney World, I remember that vividly because I, I hung it up in the closet of the hotel. I remember so it wouldn't get wouldn't get wrinkled, and um, and and so, you know, I'm not really I'm not really watching full scale hockey at that point in time. I'm still keeping up with the Blazers the best I can through my grandmother, and like I said, I'm watching them when they come uh, back to to Huntsville, and you know, I, you know, the World Wide Web was existed at that time, but it was still you know dial up internet. So you're doing your best to get on, you know, the, the very, very um, uh, archaic website to keep up with scores and all that stuff. And, and so a lot of this centered around the Blazers and, and I'll kind of give some more, um, you know, some more background to the Blazers in just a little bit. But, but that's, you know, that's kind of what I did. I can't remember, I can't really recall seeking out hockey, um, like seeking out hockey, like I'm going to watch this game until 1999, uh, and in 1999, there were two things that happened. Uh, number one, Wayne Gretzky retired. Now, at this point in time, you've got to understand, I still didn't really fully understand the game of hockey professionally. I knew really nothing of its history. Uh, I remember connecting with it a little bit through a, a CD-ROM drive on my... Um, Mac on on my um, on my Windows computer. So we had a Windows computer at our house, and it had a drive that had a Encyclopedia Britannica CD drive with it. And on that was were were two clips, hockey clips, and one of them was Wayne Gretzky scoring his 802nd goal. And so that was kind of my exposure to the history of the game of hockey. Uh, but he retired in 1999, and I remember being at my grandmother's um, on a Sunday afternoon, I think it was, and, and watching um, some of that retirement ceremony. And then um, that summer, the summer of 1999, the Dallas Stars um, made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. And I was a huge Brett Hull fan, and Brett Hull had been traded from the Blues to the Stars, and here are the Stars in the Stanley Cup Finals, and I'm like, I've got to see this game because Brett Hull may win the Stanley Cup. And so me and my dad were at the beach and we were at some hole in the wall, um, you know, restaurant and, you know, the game was up on the bar and, and I remember, you know, the clock is ticking down on the game and we're almost finished with food. And it was about a 20 minute drive back to the condo we were staying at. And I'm thinking, I don't want to miss this. Can we stay here and watch it? And it's like, well, let's go ahead and go. And the game wound up going into, three overtimes, but I remember staying up until like 1 o'clock, 1.30 that night um, to watch Brett Hull and the Dallas Stars win the Stanley Cup. And um, that was the first time that I can recall really making a deliberate effort to, hey, I've got to watch this game. Now, I did watch 
in June of 1996. In June of 1996, that's when the Colorado Avalanche played the Florida Panthers. And me and my mom and my aunt and my grandmother and a bunch of us were in Orlando at Disney World. And I was sleeping in the living room of the little condo we were staying at off-site. And I remember watching the Florida Panthers game. But that game went into overtime as well, and I didn't get to see the cup live. But So I kind of watched it there. But the, the Stars in 1999, I was like, I have to watch this. I have to see this. And that was my first exposure as far as, like, deliberate exposure to the Stanley Cup and the Conn Smythe Trophy. And so that began, I guess that really was the accelerator pedal that hit. And it was like, I've got to, this has to be more um, than just something casual that I do. This, I, I want this to be more than just a um, catch it every once in a while. I, I love this game. I love the speed of it. And so um, really at that point, I started making deliberate efforts to learn the game, learn the rules, learn the hand signals for, for, um, for referee calls, um, to begin to learn the history. Um, uh, you know, I started, this, I mean, really, this, this is where it kind, of, it kind of began. That was kind of the catalyst of it there uh, when the Stars won the Stanley Cup in 1999. So, um, so that was the summer going into my, going into my senior year of high school. And uh, the New Jersey Devils actually won the Stanley Cup the following year beat the Dallas Stars, and one of my favorite players, not, not my favorite player, but one, one of my favorite players by the name of Jason Arnott, uh, he scored the goal that won the Stanley Cup that year, and, um, uh, and, and so, you know, so it's continuing on, I'm, I'm, I'm watching it more fervently, still playing roller hockey every once in a while, not really, you know, not really expanding that a whole lot, um, uh, once we get to high school, roller hockey kind of stopped. That was really something, basically, just to be truthful, roller hockey became something I did in the driveway of my grandmother's house. She had a pretty wide driveway, and so I set up a net and tennis ball and would go out and, and just, just play hockey. Um, uh, that was about the extent of it. I would go out to um, the parking lot of the church every once in a while and skate around, but really my grandmother's driveway became my, my ice rink. And, um, and that's, that's what I did throughout, throughout high school. And so going into my senior year uh, of high school, um, really the last thing on my mind during the year was um, hockey. You know, I was concerned. I was the drum major in my high school band, and so I wasn't really thinking a lot about hockey, especially during the springtime, or especially during the fall time. And then springtime, it was kind of like this, you know, high school's coming to an end and I really loved high school and I may do a podcast on that uh, at a later date but uh, but I wasn't really thinking about hockey and then um, I made a decision around Christmas that I wanted to learn how to play ice hockey I wanted to learn how to skate I wanted to learn how to shoot on the ice to stop um, what it was like to be checked. I wanted to learn all that. And so for Christmas that year, Christmas of, it would have been the Christmas going into 2000. Um, uh, the Christmas going into 2000. Um, my parents bought me a set of hockey equipment, everything. 
gloves, helmet, shoulder pads, elbow pads, shin guards, pants, a hockey stick, a hockey bag. They bought a, they, they bought a bag that holds the hockey sticks. Um, so like when you travel, you can do that. They, I, I, bought, I, I received my first authentic on-ice, authentic NHL jersey that year and um, told my mom and told my dad, I want from graduation, I want to go to hockey camp. And so December of that year, that thought got tossed around. Uh, a little side note about December of that year. Um, obviously, that was December of 1999 going into 2000. You know, Y2K, everything's going to, you know, the world is going to come undone. The Oklahoma City Blazers were in Huntsville on New Year's Eve to play hockey. And me and my dad went to watch the game, and um, the Blazers won the game, if I recall. Um, but it was so weird because I had a friend of mine that went, high, went to high school with me, and he, he he kept telling me, like, the week before the game, the week before we were me and my dad were going to go up there, he's like, you don't need to go up there. You don't need to go up there. Something could happen. You know, what if the computers go down or whatever? You don't need to go. And uh, I, obviously, I was like, whatever, you're an idiot. Um, and, um, and so we went anyways. But it was funny, at that game, before the game started, um, there was a power surge at the arena. And uh, it took them about 15 minutes to kind of get the, the arena lights back up. And, um, you know, it wasn't a full-scale blackout at the arena, but it was just kind of a power surge. And, it, you know, and so the announcer made, you know, kind of a, a quirky comment about, um, oh, Y2K's hitting us already. And, and so... Again, that was Oklahoma City Blazers. I wasn't going to miss the Blazers really for next to anything. So, um, so that was the thing. Hey, I want to go to hockey camp. Um, that's what I want for graduation. And so my parents, along with my grandmother, um, set me up with a week-long hockey camp in Edmond, Oklahoma. And so uh, a couple weeks after uh, graduation, I packed my hockey bag, my stick bag, and a small suitcase and boarded a plane in Birmingham, Alabama and flew to Oklahoma City. My grandmother picked me up and I spent the next week at hockey camp. Um, I learned how to, I, you gotta think, I'd never skated on ice before. Um, well, I take that back. I'd skated on ice once before when I was in the seventh grade or eighth grade. And, and it was the first time at that point that I'd ever been on the ice and so I'm really struggling if you've never ice skated before it's tough uh, so I was really struggling and this girl it was literally, literally it was me and one other girl uh, at this ice rink in Oklahoma me and my mom were out there to visit my grandmother and it was me and one other girl on the ice and the other girl was a figure skater and I'm struggling doing the best I can to move on the ice. And finally, I'm getting comfortable enough to at least come off the boards just a little bit. And she's doing her routine, blah, 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 and comes over in front of me. Of course, I didn't know how to stop at the time. I didn't know how to turn, anything like that. And I fall and hit my knee. Um, wound up going to the hospital with my mom, and I was in a, in a knee brace, or actually it was a leg brace. It was a full-length leg brace for six weeks. Um, and boy, I was so mad. My mom... Once I got off the ice, I mean, I would, literally, I was struggling to walk. I couldn't really walk on that leg very well. Um, but my mom will, she'll attest to this. 
I was going to do my best to walk and hobble back out on the ice and beat the ever-loving stew out of that figure skater girl. I wanted to hurt her so bad. And uh, to this day, uh, ask my wife, ask my kids, ask my mom, to this day, uh, I cannot stand going to an ice rink and seeing figure skaters on the ice because they tear up the ice. Um, do I have a problem with figure skaters in the Olympics? No, we'll watch those, and I enjoy watching those. But if you are out on an ice rink with me, and I see you figure skating, I can't stand it because figure skaters, the skates are different. They'll leave pits in the ice and it just mm, hurts me. And it all stemmed from that one incident. So, so I went to, to Oklahoma City, to Edmond, um, and spent a week at hockey camp in Edmond. And, and what was so unique about that is um, it was an ice rink that, that played a role in my later hockey. And I'll, I'll explain that. That'll probably be on next week's episode. But so I, I went out to I went out to Oklahoma City for a week and spent a week with my grandmother and and um my granddad and she took me every day, every day to hockey camp. And so I went every day and worked from um it was either eight or nine in the morning to twelve um or one thirty in the afternoon. And the guy was working to teach me how to stop, teach me how to shoot, teach me how to deflect pucks, how to take a check, um, a ton of stuff. A large portion of, of what I did was just skating laps because he wanted me to get comfortable on the ice. And so I did. That's what I did. I spent a week at hockey camp. Um, I carried with me an Oklahoma City Blazers jersey and a Dallas Stars jersey. Um, at this point in time, I'm starting to um, – starting to accumulate um, hockey jerseys and um, and that's something I'll talk a little bit more about in next week's episode as well but so I, I'm a, accumulating hockey jerseys and and um, uh, and so I carry a Dallas Stars jersey and an Oklahoma City Blazers jersey with me um, and my mom's got some she took some pictures of me my mom came uh, I think came one of the days and um, and took some pictures of me, and so I've got some pictures of me in the locker room and on the ice, and and, and all this stuff, and and so that's that's where my ice hockey um, playing began. Was on that sheet of ice in Edmond, Oklahoma, the Arctic Edge Ice Rink, and so I went to uh, that hockey camp for a week. That was in the summer, um, the start of the summer of night of two of two thousand, the summer of two thousand before my. Uh, freshman year of of college and that was really it sounds strange I know but that was really it um, I got to college uh, and watched hockey was much more um, attuned to watching the games on TV um, you know I remember in uh uh, let's see, the Detroit Red Wings were won it in 2000. In 2001, the Colorado Avalanche won it. And I remember um, that was Ray Bork's first time to win the cup. And I remember telling my mom that it was a conspiracy theory that the NHL had to make sure Ray Bork won the cup. Uh, in 2002, the um, Detroit Red Wings won the Stanley Cup. And I was dating Laura at the time, dating my wife at the time. And um, 
I remember watching that uh, final from her house and, and leaving her house after Detroit won the Cup. Uh, 2003. Um, who won the Cup in 2003? Um, 2003 it was. I can't remember who won the Cup in 2003. Um, but you can see, obviously you can hear me, I, 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 I was watching hockey and I was... You know, that's, that's what I did. I watched hockey, and I grew to love the game. And, and my room, um, as I began college, my room was plastered with, with hockey pages from Sports Illustrated and hockey figures, and, and I watched the games. Uh, me and my dad, I went to saw, and saw my first professional hockey game. My dad took me and a friend of mine. We went to Nashville. Um, twice. We went to Nashville twice. We watched them play the St. Louis Blues. And of course, that was the first game I ever saw them play. And I had my Blues jersey on. I had a Blues jersey at that point in time. Went and saw them play the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, but between that, we went to an Atlanta Thrashers, because the, the Thrashers established a team in 1999. And this tells you, my senior year of high school, my, my, my fandom of hockey was super casual, because the Nashville Predators, um, became a team in 1999, or excuse me, in 1998. They became a team in 1998. The Thrashers became a team in 1999, and I, I, I would have never, I, I had no idea that Nashville got a hockey team. I had no clue that Atlanta got a hockey team, and so that tells you just how casual my fandom was, and it tells you how obsessed I was with the Oklahoma City Blazers, because um, I still knew exactly what was going on with them, even though I was living in Alabama. And so during that time period, we went to a Nashville game, watched them play the Blues. Of course, the Blues won. Uh, we went to Atlanta and watched the Atlanta Thrashers play the um, Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks won that game. We sat in a suite uh, when we went to that game. And then the third game, which was Nashville again, Nashville was playing the Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, Mario Lemieux had just returned from retirement. And I was thinking, you know, I'm starting, I'm starting to learn the history of the game. I'm thinking, wow, I may get a chance to see Mario Lemieux play hockey. Well, Mario Lemieux um, did not play that night. He was injured, and that set the roots for me falling in love with the Predators as my professional team, as, you know, this is going to be the team I'm going to root for. Um, at that point in time, I was still a Blues fan. I was still a Stars fan. And, and even to this day, and you can ask my son about this, I'm a fan of every team in the National Hockey League except for the Ducks. But my team is the Nashville Predators. And so um, that's what started it. We went and, and watched that, that game. Um, and I was like, this is, this is it. I, I'm a Predators fan. And, and so that's when it began. So me and my friend went back up again and watched um, the Predators play another team. I can't remember who we watched, but, but um, we – we watched that game, and, um, and, 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 you know, they won that game. And so I'm still watching hockey, still watching professional hockey. I'm watching professional hockey. Uh, me and Laura meet, and I met Laura our, our first trip out to Oklahoma to meet my grandparents and everybody. This is before we were married, but I, I had a, a strong feeling that I was wanting to marry her. And so we took her to Oklahoma to visit. We went to an Oklahoma City Blazers game when we were in town, and, and I, I remember my, I had a, a speech class in college 
and my speech in college was on hockey, the rules and explaining the puck and everything. And, and so that went on. I, I remember one of my friends in college in the college band, uh, we used to make jo- I used to, I used to think in 2001 that for some reason I was going to transfer from the college I was going to, to the university of Alabama in Huntsville. And I was going to play hockey up there, even though I'd only played skated on the ice for a week playing hockey. And that was at that hockey camp in, in 2000, the summer of 2000. So 2001, I just thought I'm going to go to Hunt, university of Alabama Huntsville. I'm going to play hockey up there. I'm going to, I'm going to succeed. I'm going to become a player in the national hockey league. I'm going to win the Stanley cup. And, um, you know, me and, uh, this this friend that I was in college with, you know, we we used to kind of joke about, you know, about getting married. She was a s- super sweet young lady, and and um, and and she was like, if we got married and you won the Stanley Cup, what would you do? I was like, well, I'd put it in the bed and I'd be sleeping with it, and and um, and so that that went on, just this 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 casual but still kind of connected um, love for the game of hockey. Uh, like I said, in O two, I watched or or O two O three, uh, I watched the um, Detroit Red Wings win the Stanley Cup at Laura's house. Um, then we, um, then we got married, and uh, you know watched. You know I, I saw the um, Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup in in O um, three. That's right, O three. Um, so Tampa Bay won the cup in 03, 03-04. Um, Detroit won it in 02-03. There was a lockout season in um, 04-05. And then 05-06, um, um, was, um, was the Carolina Hurricanes. They won the Stanley Cup. But we were in Paris and London on a family trip. Um, when, when they won, so I didn't get to see the cup there. But that was Laura's team. Laura kind of adopted the Hurricanes as her team. And so that was 2006. Uh, after that, from 2006 to 2012, and, and, uh, Laura and I would make we, make, we made basically a yearly trek to Nashville. Uh, and um, um, just kind of a weekend away for us. Um, we watched the Predators win um, three games. Um, they played the Blues one time and won with a, a slap shot in overtime. And just we loved the two of us loved going to to hockey games, to Nashville games. And this is one thing I can say about my wife: she is super supportive of what role hockey plays in my life. But she's a big fan. She enjoys it. She she really does enjoy it when she goes to the games. She gets into it. Um, she might not tell you that, but she does. She gets into it. And so that's what we did. That's what we did up until about 2012. But here's here's the weird thing. Here's the weird thing about this. So I went to hockey camp in 2000. I went to hockey camp in 2000, you know, in, in, in Edmond, Oklahoma. I did not see or touch another sheet of ice with hockey equipment. Now, I went a couple times, like, to our local rinks, and we rented some ice time for, like, an hour. And so I, you know, I geared up and went out and skated around, but I think that only happened like four times. So think about this: from 2000 to 2012, I touched the ice in full gear four times, four times, 
And so you're thinking, well, Jamie, you're talking about how much you love the game of hockey and you're playing and all that. How in the world is that possible? You spend a week at hockey camp and you touch the ice in gear four times after that between 2000 and 2012. Well, that is a perfect segue for episode two. So I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger here. So make sure you join me next week, um, next Friday, as we will look at part two of hockey, the hockey episode, as I um, tell you where my love of the game started to shift towards more of a vital place um, and vital part of my life away from just this casual fandom. So thanks for joining me on the Everything and Nothing podcast. We'll see you next week.